Great to have you here today, and it's awesome to have Mike and Mary Lou, and uh, what a great day. Let's go to the Lord and pray right now. Father, we just um, come to you in the name of your son, Jesus, who is the great chain breaker. Lord, I pray today that you would be breaking every chain, every chain that has been holding us back, freedom to, to sin, um, I mean, chains of sin, chains of, of discouragement and depression, chains of pain. God, I pray you just break through today. I'm asking that this would be a, a day that people can mark on their calendars and circle it and say, that's when you broke my chains, God. I pray that those listening online would also find this great hope. And so, Father, we, we come to you in the name of the great chain breaker, your son, Jesus. God's people said... Amen and amen. So who here does need a breakthrough? Anybody? I see a few hands. Maybe you just feel stuck, stuck with an impossible job or project. Maybe the breakthrough you're seeking is with a friend or family member that you're just estranged from. Maybe that occurred during COVID. Maybe you need a breakthrough with your finances. You're, you're just drowning in debt. And it feels like there's an anchor on your foot and you're just, it's, it's just dragging you down. And the anchor is high interest rates or inflation or whatever. Maybe you feel stuck because you're caring for your family members and you just can't go anywhere. And you love them so much, but you just feel stuck today. Maybe you feel stuck in a relationship. Maybe you need a breakthrough because you suffer from depression or anxiety. Maybe you need a breakthrough because your kid is struggling in school. Maybe you need a breakthrough with a stubborn habit or what some call it an addiction. Maybe you need a breakthrough because you desperately want your family or classmates or coworkers or neighbors or someone very special that you love very much, to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you have chronic pain. Maybe you're ministering, you just feel overwhelmed with the work and little fruit. I don't know what your breakthrough is, but God does. And God wants to give that to you today. There are a number of options for us, though, as we, we pursue breakthroughs. One of the most popular ones is to try harder. Author Ryan Holiday encourages his readers to apply the philosophy of Stoicism to whatever situation you have in your life. He says, life is a process of breaking through impediments, a series of fortified lines that we must break through. Just don't give up. You can do it. Maybe you've seen the shirts that were really popular just a few years ago that said, stay calm and carry on or chive on. You've seen these things, right? You've seen these encouragements. I used to buy into those lines. In fact, imprinted upon my brain is my public school model. Hard work leads to success. <laughs> just got to work harder. Just got to try more. But as I've aged, I now realize that there are just some things that I can't do. Sometimes the mountains are too high to climb. Sometimes the walls are too high to scale. Sometimes the oceans are too far 
to swim across. These are some of the things that trying harder will not fix. And maybe today you find yourself just trying to kill yourself, trying to make that thing happen in your life. I have hope for you today. Life is not meant to be done alone with a stiff upper lip. Another option or strategy for needing a breakthrough is to find another person to help. Maybe it's an expert you seek or a doctor or a counselor. Maybe it's a financial advisor. Maybe you think that another love interest will do. That guy or that girl that you like, eh, I think we can find somebody better. I'm not saying that fellow humans don't help us. God has used many good people to do good in my life. Doctors, counselors have helped me, chiropractors, physiotherapists. God uses human agents. But we can waste a lot of time if we're chasing the wrong people, and even the right people still have feet of clay, right? We've seen this, especially these last couple years. There's another way. It's not just trying harder. It's not just finding that special person, that expert. There's a third way. The third way today, if you really need a breakthrough, is to go directly to God himself. To do an end run around all the other things that you've been pursuing and to go to God himself. He has more strength than your efforts. He has more expertise than that expert. And he has perfect character. So God will ultimately not let you down. So you may be saying, John, he's let me down. You haven't seen the full big picture yet. We heard about this from Mike and Mary Lou. When you're sitting there on that bed of suffering, you're like, I don't understand. And then you see what God's doing in your life and the fruitful of ministry. We love you guys. Like, that's amazing. What an encouragement that was to my heart. Was that an encouragement to your heart? We're going to discover in two short verses in Micah chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. I'd encourage you to turn, turn there just to two short verses, verses 12 and 13 of Micah chapter 2. You might go to the table of contents of your hard copy of God's Word, or you can just Google this. And we're going to, to learn some real encouragement today. The first week in Micah, we learned that, that we must wait on God to make things right. We saw that in chapter 1 and chapter 7. As then we've, we've gone back and we've walked through the chapters, and the second week of the book of Micah, we focused in that we must lament our losses and the lost, those who are far from God. The third week, we warned, were warned about wealthy oppressors from Micah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And then last week, we learned about how God's words do us good if we're walking uprightly. That's why we must accept all of God's words, the ones that we really love that are easy to embrace and the ones that are hard. We also learned that we must protect God's people. And we also learned that we must reject false promises. And this week we're going to learn about what God will do. Now some of you are saying, well, John, John where's the if? What God will do, but there's got to be a catch here. There's got to be a condition you think, well, God will do some things if I do my part. Essentially, you hold to the adage, God helps those who what? Help themselves. You've heard that before. 
You ever tried that before? It doesn't ultimately work. It's, it's not in the Bible, by the way. You'll never find that chapter and verse in the Bible. It's actually the opposite. We think that God puts conditions on his actions. And here's the truth. Sometimes he does. That's part of the message through the book of Micah. To read all of the covenant, all of the promises. But sometimes God's promises are just unconditional. And that's what we're going to find in verses 12 and 13. I think you'll be encouraged because if you're like me, aren't there just times when you realize, I'm just not smart enough? There's nothing I can do to fix my situation. No amount of creativity, no amount of group brilliance will make the difference. It has to be God's doing. God helps those who know they can't do it themselves. Apart from him, we can do nothing. nothing, John 15, 5, Jesus says. Now, this is not a let go and let God First mentality that was taught many years ago at the Keswick conferences. Instead, we must trust God with active patience. But here we go. Would you please stand with me for verses 12 and 13 of Micah chapter 2. And here's what God says through his servant and the prophet Micah. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will gather the remnant of Israel I will set them together like sheep in a fold. Now, I've taught you in the past, whenever you see something repeated three times, you should circle that. You should pay attention. God's trying to get our attention. Then look what it says at the end of verse 12. Like a flock in his pasture, a noisy multitude of men, he who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through and pass the gate, going out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. And may the Lord always be at the head here at Temple. Amen? Amen? You may be seated. To give you the context, God has been proclaiming justice for the oppressed through the prophet Micah. And that justice includes judgment against God's own people. Uh, judgment often begins in the house of the Lord as, as the apostle Peter had taught. And God takes great issue if his leaders have been oppressing his people. And so the theme of Micah's, Micah is that God's justice and his forgiveness, we need both sides, God's justice and his forgiveness should lead to personal righteousness. I'm praying and hoping that through this whole book that myself and each one who's listening, both here and online, that you would grow in your holiness and your righteousness as you embrace God's justice and his forgiveness. And as we walk through Micah, Micah is often a dialogue, a Q&A for his people in very confusing and disturbing times. God always starts with the bad news, but moves to the, bad, the good news. See, we can't truly understand the good news unless we understand the bad news first. Have you ever noticed on some of those those news programs, they start with the really bad news, and in the end, they always want you to finish with an inspirational story. You ever seen that? God does one better. He doesn't just tell the bad news and then finish with a good news story that's heartwarming. He actually goes and fixes the bad news that was on the front end of the story. That's the difference. As we walk through Scripture, we see this to be truth, and it's certainly true in Micah. Here's the good news and promises that I want to focus on this morning. Notice verse 12. 
The Lord says in first person, I will. Again, three times the Lord says, I will, I will, I will. God will assemble all of you, it says Jacob. God will gather the remnant of Israel and God will put them together like sheep in a fold. Now let's be clear. This is specifically describing the lost and wayward people of ethnic Israel. It's it's temptation just to read this and say, well, that's exactly for us today. This was directed towards Israel, but it has implications for us today. It has principles, it has truths that we can still learn and apply to our life. And what is important for you to realize that gives you hope is that God did this. God gave this promise to to Israel, and his promise was fulfilled. In fact, I'm going to dare say that it was fulfilled multiple times throughout history. The first was 70 years later when the the Jews who had been exiled to Babylon were brought back. So hundreds of years before Micah, uh, or hundreds hundreds of years later after Micah gives this prophecy, the Jews are brought back from Babylon. That's the first of this regathering of his people. Others point to to Jesus. Fast forward to first century AD. Jesus is gathering his people. Still others point to 1948, when the modern state of Israel was formed. And God gathered people from all nations. If you've ever been to Israel, you'll see this. There's Jews from every part of the globe there. And still others point to the end of the world when when ultimately God will gather his people. So here's, here's some really encouragement. God keeps his promises. And he does it in wave after wave. So today, if God will keep his promises, what's he doing in your life? Finish the statement. God will. Write this down on a piece of paper. In a journal, in your phone. Say, God will. And what is that thing that you need breaking through for in your life? What is that thing? Maybe you're at a point where you're like, I don't even, I don't even dare. I'm so tired. I don't know if I can even ask for it one more time. Do not give up. Do not give up. Your trust is in the Lord. I think I'll be encouraged today. This is the big idea of the passage and the first promise of God in verses 12 and 13, here's what the first promise. God will gather his people. God will gather his people. This is a general principle. And guess what? God is really good at gathering. The church, by its very name in Greek, means the called out ones. They're called out. God takes people from the world and calls them out to form his church, to become his people, so that they can go back and be a blessing to the nations of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I dare say that this very moment, we're seeing this fulfilled. Coming out of a time of great isolation across the globe, God is gathering his people. Once again, this week, 
um, I had the honor uh, alone with Pastor Jason and Pastor Kyle and Ashley to go to the Feb Central Conference, Stronger Conference, which is a gathering of all of our sister churches, Fellowship Baptist churches across um, Ontario and English-speaking Quebec. And um, I was just so encouraged. Do you realize that hundreds of people are coming to faith in Christ? And, and coming to church? And there's people from mainline churches that realize, I need something more. There are people who are leaving churches that are just affirming whatever the world teaches about self-determined narratives or sinful relationships. Others are like some of the ones that I've met here, and we're gathering where people, aren't we, who are saying, man, COVID really was a wake-up call. Where, where's my life heading? I need to find purpose. I need to find uh, my identity, my identity in something else than what I've been trying to find it in. God is gathering his people, amen? It's been a time of sifting, and God is keeping what is good and will last. And God will gather his people. He'll continue to do so. The question is this, are you back? Are you back? Are you back with God? Are you part of this gathering of God? Are you part of his fold? When you look at this, verses I will set them together like a sheep in a fold, like a flock in its pasture, a noisy multitude of men. We are first and foremost a flock led by the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Are you part of his fold? Now, specifically, how do you do this? One of the ways is joining Temple as a member. Please talk to one of our elders at the end of the service. They'll be up here to pray with people, and, and you can fill out one of these connect cards you'll see in the pews in front of you say i want to be a member i've been checking you out online i've been coming for the last few weeks and i want to i want to be all in when i tell people in the community what is a baptist a baptist should be someone who is all in literally we go all in with christ we go all in in the water we're all in and i just unapologetically say your time in life is too short. You've got too many things to do. So why don't you give it to the most important things and be all in for Christ? And by the way, church, it's each of our roles to call one another to see whether we're all in. Maybe right now, just take a second and ask the person next to you, are you back? Are you back with God? It's your job also to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So just ask the person right next to you, are you back? It's okay if you say, I'm not sure yet. That's okay. We'll make illusion. But are you back? Are you back with God, following him? Whether you've followed him all your whole life or this new, are you back? God promises... His promises form the basis of our practices. His guarantees form the basis of our good works. We need to start with his promises before we try harder. So God would only gather his people, but here's another promise. God will break through barriers. 
The second promise of God from these two verses is found in verse 13. I actually like it in the King James Version and the New American Standard. Some of you might have that. I heard the amen. The breaker goes up before them. They break it out. Pass through the gate and go by the king. So their king, their king goes on before them and the Lord at their head. Who is this breaker? Notice I didn't say what is this breaker. Don't think that this breaker is like, you know those icebreakers up in the Arctic? Or you know those icebreakers that hardly any of us really like, you know, in those social word gatherings? What type of animal you are, you know? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a person. And this person never breaks. He never breaks himself. I think of one of those TV shows that have contestants who forge swords and fire. And then they, they bring that to the test, right? And they, they swing the sword. And sometimes that sword fails the test. It breaks. This breaker does not break himself. Why? Bible scholar Walter Kaiser explains, it's the Lord that's called the breaker. This breaker can be none other than the Messiah himself. And I want to declare to you, as scripture reveals later on, that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God breaks out and implies he has great power. And we know this is not the first time that God has broken out in Scripture. We know that God is the breaker because he does it multiple times throughout biblical history. Think about how God broke out with his people through Egypt, where they became free. Earlier, Pastor Jason um, was teaching on our Freed Up Sunday School class. And he quoted John 8. And Jesus has this dialogue with the Jews, and, and Jesus is saying, you're not free. And he's like, we're Abraham's offspring, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. Hello, did you not forget 400 years in Egypt? God broke through, though, with his people. And so they, they left Egypt miraculously, and, and they go to Mount Sinai. That was the place where God was. And God warned them that if they came and touched the holy mountain of Mount Sinai where he was encamped, that he would break out in judgment. This is what it says in Exodus 19.22. Also let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. That's the Lord breaking out in judgment. Another instance in Bible history is in 2 Samuel 6.8. We see that God broke out judgment against Uzzah. Uzzah was a guy who, who thought he could help God out. Maybe you find yourself in that same situation. My dad always said, I, I, I try to help God out with too many things. Maybe you're like that, like Uzzah, like my dad. He tried to help God out when the oxen were, were bringing the Ark of the Covenant on this cart, and all of a sudden it started to tip. And so Uzzah put his hand out, and Uzzah was killed immediately. Because that was only to be done by the priest to touch the Ark of the Covenant. And then, then only with very high restrictions. God's rules are to be followed. David, the king of Israel at the time, reacted to that incident and said, 
Verse, um, actually 6, verse 8. Can we go back for a moment? 2 Samuel 6, 8. Do we have it there? If not, I'll read it. David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah, and that place is called Perez Uzzah to that day. We know Perez means breaking out because after David had been anointed king, Israel's enemies, the, the Philistines attacked Israel at a time when they thought Israel was vulnerable from being in a celebrative rather than a combative mood. And then we can go to 2 Samuel 5, verse 20, which says this. And David came to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Now, over the last week, we know what floods look like. We've seen this on TV. We saw what happened with Hurricane Fiona, what it did to Bermuda and the Maritimes. I just talked to one of you that just got back from Newfoundland. They still saw some of the debris in the Atlantic. Or with Hurricane Ian did to Canada's 11th province, Florida, right? I shouldn't make light. There have been people who died. We need to pray for them. The truth is water is so powerful. It breaks through. How much more the Lord God who controls the waters? God has broken through barriers time and time again throughout history. Recall how God broke through Sennacherib's in siege of Jerusalem. It is described in 2 Kings 18. The Assyrian army had come and surrounded Jerusalem, but God broke through. Or how God broke through to bring Judah's return from Babylonian captivity. Each of these deliverances was but an earnest or down payment on the great return of the remnant in that final day when Christ returns. God will gather his people and break through barriers. So what does it mean for Jesus to practically break through in our lives? How does he do this? It could be that after praying to him for expertise, he provides that new thought or that new person or that resource. And you're just one step away from that. But you need to seek God first. You've been trying to seek it through business strategies and practices or, or other things, but you haven't sought God. Seek the ultimate expert, the Lord God. Maybe for some of you with, who are estranged to family members or friends, maybe this coming week, we're heading into Thanksgiving, right? This is a week where you devote yourself to some prayer and fasting. Trust me, you'll get enough turkey and other things to make up for it. You say, God, I remember how much you have forgiven me through Jesus Christ, how much you love me. And you go, not all with your, not with your, you know, guard up this weekend, this coming weekend, but with arms extended in love and saying, hey, you know what, I just love you. Can we let the past be the past? Maybe that'll be the breakthrough that God will do in your life. For others of you, Maybe it's a financial breakthrough. God will give you a raise, an unexpected raise, or an unexpected provision, or just even talking together as a family through this Freed Up series. It teaches us to be good stewards with our, our time and our talents and our treasures and our thoughts and our tongues, even our words. We have to be good stewards with that. 
Or maybe God provides a counselor for you if you're suffering from depression. Or he gives you a new purpose to live for that causes you to forgo seeking escape through addiction. Just having a purpose, I found, helps me to not give in to stubborn habits. My purpose is found in the fact that I'm a child of God. Maybe God provides a tutor for your kids struggling in school. It begs the question, what is God going to break through in your life? God will break through, especially when you feel yourself breaking. He will not leave you alone. Remember, in the context of a very difficult time, that Micah is, is teaching the people. They're about to be exiled. He's, God is still giving these promises. I will, I will, I will. Just because it's hard in life does not mean that God has forsaken you. In fact, in the hard times might be the time where God shows himself to be the greatest breaker in your life. This is the third promise that we find in our passage today. God will gather his people and break through, through barriers, but God will also lead his people. God will lead us. We see this in the second part of verse 13. He opens the breach, goes up before them. They break through and pass through, going out by. But then look what it says. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. Now we're getting into the truth. The pointing back to the fact that Jesus is Israel's shepherd king who goes up and breaks open the blockaded gate. The breaker will even make us into breakers as well. We go with him. We'll break out and join the Lord. God will properly shepherd his people. This whole time we've been looking through Micah, we have leaders who've not been shepherding the people, but here comes God. Here comes the Lord God, the good shepherd. And this was ultimately fulfilled by Jesus himself, wasn't it? Are you thinking about John 10? John chapter 10 says this. This is Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. Notice the gathering there and they will listen to my voice and there'll be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is the breaker and shepherd king. He laid down his life for you and for me. He broke through the greatest barriers in our life, the barriers of sin and death. If he could break through those barriers, can he not break through the other stuff in our life, the smaller stuff? He will lead us. Are you being led by the Lord? Are you letting him rule in your life? He may still break through. He might break through just because he wants to show mercy, but don't you want to not become kicking and screaming? Don't you want to do it out of, out of just his great mercy and follow him, be led by him? Now, I know. I know, friends, that some of you are just on the verge of giving up. You've lost hope. Those listening online, maybe you think, ah, I've tried this. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it. God will still break through. Does he do the impossible? Does God still do the impossible? 
Yes, he does. And not just in judgment, and not just by breaking through our enemies, but in so many different ways. In the movie Breakthrough, starring Chrissy Metz from This Is Us fame, the true life story is told about John Smith. Born in Guatemala, John Smith was adopted and um, brought to the United States, and he grew up just as any other kid, just like any of us. He loved sports. He loved his friends. He's 14 years old, back in 2015, and one night after his basketball team won, he and his teammates went on to the ice of Lake St. Louis near St. Louis, Missouri. And the ice held them no problem. Well, he and his friends went back the next day. The problem was it got warmer. They got onto the ice, and the ice broke. One of the friends was easily able to get off the ice. The other friend went through, but he was able to be rescued. They call 911, and here's John Smith. He's under the ice for 15 minutes. And finally, the first responders pull him up out of the water. They rush him to the hospital. And for nearly 45 minutes, they're working on John Smith. He has no heartbeat. The ER doctor says, well, you know what? Let's just, let's just call in his mom, Joyce say goodbye. Joyce goes into that hospital room and she sees her 14-year-old son lying there still and cold and blue. She puts her hand on him and she says, Holy Spirit, please come and give me back my son. And immediately... John's heart starts to beat again. The doctors are shocked by this. But they prepare the family and they said, you know, he hasn't had oxygen to his brain for nearly an hour. You've got to be prepared that he's probably lost all neurological function. Two days later, John was awake and answering questions. He fully recovered. He walked out of that hospital. And this very day, he's studying in Minneapolis to be a pastor. He's married. Joyce describes this incident in her life. She says this, and I, I quote, I've always believed that God's going to do what he says he will. I'll say it again. I've always believed that God's going to do what he says he will because I've seen it my, my whole life. But this is like the Oscars of faith. The very moment I needed God, he was there instantly. And when John's heartbeat started right up again, it was like, thank you, Lord, for being so merciful to me, which just set my faith forever in bedrock. John broke through the ice. But God had a bigger breakthrough. Lots of times in our life, we think we need to just try harder. We need to find that expert knowledge, that expert person, the special person in our life. 
All you really need to do is to trust in the ultimate person, the Lord God, who is revealed to us through the person of Jesus Christ. We need to trust that God will do what he says he will do. He will gather his people. He will break through barriers and he will lead his people. I so desperately want you, my family, and myself to have our faith forever in bedrock, the rock of Christ Jesus. I believe that's what God wants for us too. This is why the action point this week is simple this. Trust that God will gather and break through and lead you. Let's do that this week. Let's pray. God, thank you for two small verses in Micah that we can have our faith renewed, faith in you to do the impossible. Faith is because you love us. Faith in you because you show mercy in our great time of need. And Lord, I pray today that each one would embrace this message of trust in you, that what you'll do, that you keep your promises. There's some, Lord, there's some who've never fully trusted in Jesus alone for salvation. Would today be the day of salvation for them? Would they declare that? Would they tell somebody? Would they, they take that next step to be baptized? For others, God, it's just they've lost faith. They're discouraged. They're down. Or would you just remind them that you will do what you promise? You're the great promise keeper. You're the one who breaks through. Thank you for being the great breaker. We pray this in Jesus' name. God's people said,